Elohei Yitzhak, Elohei Yaakov, B'Shem Yeshua Mishikainu, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we come before you, God, and we say, speak to our hearts, change our lives, breathe upon us by the Ruach HaKodesh, empower us. Abba, we speak faith into this atmosphere. By the name of Yeshua, we speak the faith of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven over this place, and we rebuke doubt and unbelief in the name that is above every name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua Humelech, Yeshua is King. Amen? Amen. Now pray this with me. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey the word I hear today in Yeshua's name. Amen. Who was blessed on Shavuot? Amen. It was a wonderful time of God's outpouring. And I want to tell you that Shavuot is not a one-time event. I heard a, a, a Gentile a pastor preaching and saying that, he was basically saying that, you know, what happened in Acts chapter 2 was the first time it happened. And he just didn't grasp the Jewish context of what he was saying. No, that it happens every year. Shavuot happens every year. It wasn't just Shavuot one time. Uh, Shavuot happens by God's timing. It's a moed, part of the moedim. It's an appointed time that God wants to meet with us in a special way. Amen? But because God meets with us in a special way, he doesn't stop meeting with us. He wants to continually connect with his people. Say, Baruch Hashem. That's the truth. And today I will be speaking on how to continue walking in the power of the Ruach. On Erev Erev Shavuot, we gathered to receive a fresh infilling of the Ruach. Some for the first time and others for a refreshing There are some principles that we need to have in place in order to continue to walk in the power and presence of the Ruach HaKodesh. I want to tell you a quick little story. In a class for new emissaries of the Besorah, Herb Jackson told, as a new emissary, he was assigned a car that would not start without a push. Could you imagine that? After pondering his problem, he devised a plan. And he went to the school near his home and got permission to take some of the children out of class. And he had them push his car in order to start it. So it was obviously a manual car. So they popped the clutch and the car started. And um, as he made his rounds, he would either park on a hill or leave the engine running. And he used this ingenious method for two years to be able to get along with a car that wouldn't start. Poor health, unfortunately, forced the Jackson family to leave their post, and new emissaries came to that particular town. And when Jackson proudly began to explain his arrangement for getting the car started to the new emissary, the new emissary started, before he finished the story, you know, poking around the car 
and he lifted the hood and went under the hood, and he said, um, Dr. Jackson, I believe the only trouble with the car is a loose cable to the battery. And he gave the battery cable a nice twist, and he jumped in the seat of the car, and he started the car, and this car came to life, and it started. For two years, needless trouble had become routine. The power was there the whole time. Only a loose connection kept the Jackson family from putting the power to work. And tonight, and today, we're going to make sure that your connection to God isn't loose. And that the power of heaven continues to flow into your life. So you don't have to work extra hard to live our life of faith. Amen? Someone wrote about that and said, How tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God? Um, Is the PowerPoint not working? There it is. How tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God. When we make, listen, when we make firm our connection with God, his life and power flow through us. Do you hear that? That's profound. When we make firm our connection to God, his life and his power flow through us. I want to tell you part of the problem, why we don't see the things we want to see. Friends, we can't have a loose connection. And expect God's power to flow. I need someone to do me a favor. Evan, could you run into the office and grab me a vacuum cleaner, please? I'm not going to vacuum the, uh, the carpet today. Maybe. It's Shabbat. I can't vacuum. Sorry. How's your connection? How's your connection to God? How is your connection to the Ruach HaKodesh? Today we're going to look at some things that will help us keep a strong connection to the power source of the Ruach HaKodesh. Let's look in the book of Acts chapter 3. And I'm going to read from 3 to 10. And we're going to talk about, I'm not going to, you know, listen, I know when I say I'm not going to be long today, you don't believe me. But the rabbi's working on it, really. I used to have 10 pages of notes, and we figured out that that's way too long for me. So I pared down from 10 pages of notes to 8 pages of notes. 8 pages of notes, we figured out, is probably still a little too long for me. So today, you're you're part of a test, a a little test for the rabbi. Today it went from eight pages of notes to five pages of notes. So we'll see how I do, right? Hopefully I will finish before the hunger pains start to really get loud. So here it is, Acts chapter 3. It says, Now Kepha and Yochanan were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, 3 p.m., the time of prayer. A man lame from birth was being carried. Every day they used to put him at the temple gate called Beautiful. So he would beg for tzedakah from those entering the temple. 
When he saw Kepha and Yochanan about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive tzedakah. But Kepha, along with Yochanan, looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Kepha said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach HaNatsrati. Get up and walk. Then grabbing him by the right hand, he raised him up and immediately the man's feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began walking and he went with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Baruch Hashem. Now all the people saw him walking and praising God. They began to realize that he was the one who used to sit begging for tzedakah at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and astonishment over what happened to him. What a great story, right? That's a story that I know it's not the first time you heard that. You've heard that story many times. But I want to pull out some things from this story that we really need to be made aware of, to get revelation of. Hear me when I say this. There's one thing to read the word of God or to hear the word of God. And there's another thing to get a revelation of the word of God in your heart. You hear me? When you heard about Yeshua being the Messiah, you've heard that more than once before you surrendered your life to him. It wasn't until you got a revelation of the truth of that in your kishkes that you said, yes, amen to that, and you got in on it. We need revelation of the word of God. We learn several things and truths from this account. The first is to stay in pursuit of God. Say that. Stay in pursuit of God. Friends, stay in pursuit of God means more than just coming to service once or twice a week. Friend, can I tell you, if I only served God or sought God for the amount of time that I was in temple, I would be in big trouble. And I'm in temple more than you are. I'm here all the time, relatively, in and out of here all week long, okay? And if I had to rely on only the time I was in temple, I would be in trouble. So we need to stay in pursuit of God. So think of this story. Just one chapter removed from the great immersion in the Ruach HaKodesh, right? The believers in Acts chapter 2 at Shavuot were filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, Yeah? Didn't that happen? It was powerful. Listen, what was the fruit of that? 3,000 Jewish people came to faith in Mashiach in one day. That's pretty good, right? What an event. Wow. If we saw that today, we'd be blown away. We shouldn't be, but we would be. They could have easily thought to themselves that they had all that they needed. After all, they did what Yeshua told them to do. They waited in Jerusalem. They received the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh. They were filled with power and they saw a great harvest. They didn't need to continue to seek God, did they? Did they need to continue? Yes, they did. 
But, but, but they just they got the promise. Of course they did, and they were. You see, they understood that the promise Yeshua gave needed to be maintained. And the fire of the Ruach HaKodesh needed to be continually stoked. Continually stoked. Rav Shaul in another place says, fan into flame the gift that was placed within you on the laying on of my hands. Fan it into flame. Say fan into flame. Fan into flame requires effort. It requires us stoking up the gift of God. They understood that, that they needed to be continually stoked through spiritual disciplines. They knew that they needed to go after God with all their heart, their mind, their soul, and their strength. How are you going after God today? I tell you, if I could teach you one thing, if I could leave you with one thing that you would get, it would be this. Learn to seek after God and find him. Not just seek after God, find God. Find God every day as you pursue him in your private place. Find him every day through prayer, through the word. Find him in fasting and seeking after heaven. Find him. It's not enough. We need to be like Yaakov who wrestled until he got blessed. The guys are quiet. (laughs) Stay in pursuit of God. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. We know that, right? That's a famous passage. We know the passage 22 and 23, the fruits of the Spirit, right? But I want to back up just a few verses from that to verse 16, and it says, what I am saying is this. Run your lives by the Spirit. What does that mean? What does that mean? Run your lives by... Not just superficially. What does it mean to you to run your lives by the Spirit? What does that mean? It means to consult and listen to the counselor. Right? Yeshua said, it is better that I go and I will send you the counselor, the Ruach HaKodesh, and he will lead you and guide you and teach you. And speak to you, right? So we need to consult and listen to the counsel that Yeshua sent to us. Then act on what he speaks to your heart. Friends, I know this is not the case. Most of us go to prayer. We have a set of lists or concerns on our heart. We empty them before the Lord. We say, thank you, Yeshua. We get up and we leave. Perhaps we go through our door and we say our daily prayers and we get up and we leave. But did we hear and consult the Ruach? Are we running our lives by the Ruach? It's an important question. 
Because if we're not, he goes on to say, then you will not do what your old nature wants. See, if we run our lives by the Spirit, we won't do what our old nature wants. For the old nature, hear this, is contrary to the Spirit. You see, our old nature, and we all have one. That's the bad news. We all have an old nature. And our old nature does not want what the Spirit wants for you. Matter of fact, it wants what is contrary to the Spirit. Think of that. That's alive in us, every one of us. So he says, run your life by the Ruach. And you won't be governed by the flesh. Your old nature wants everything that is opposite to the Spirit of God. Think of everything good that the Spirit of God does and who he is. Your flesh, my flesh, wants the opposite of that all the time. So isn't it important for us then to run our lives by the Ruach? Absolutely important. And he says, then the Spirit wants what is contrary to the old nature. These oppose each other so that you find yourselves unable to carry out your good intentions. That's if you're running your lives by your old nature. But if you are led by the Spirit, then you are not in subjection to the system that results from perverting the Torah into legalism or a form of legalistic righteousness. Guys, this is really important. If we're going to move in the power of the Spirit, we have to run our lives by the Spirit. Verse 19 says, and it is perfectly evident, hear this, everyone, what the old nature does. It expresses itself in, I want to, this is a list. And if any of these things are going on in your life, and listen to me, this is what I mean by life. You might refrain from physically doing these things. But if they are in your heart, and these are things that you are giving thought to, same thing, right? Yeshua said, it's all about the heart. So listen to these things. Sexual immorality, which is rampant in our society. Impurity. Indecency. Involvement with the occult and drugs. Infuting and fighting, becoming jealous and getting angry, in selfish ambition, factionalism, intrigue, and envy, in drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you now, as I have warned you before, those who do such things will have no share in the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. How many like that one? 
Love? Joy? You like joy? How many people want joy in their home? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. Nothing in the Torah stands against such things. How many want that? We want that, but that happens as we run our lives by the Spirit. I'm going to get to that vacuum in a second. That vacuum is my helper today. It says, moreover, those who belong to the Messiah Yeshua have put their old nature to death on a stake along with its passions and desires since it is through the Spirit that we have life. Let it also be through the Spirit that we order our lives day by day. So he starts, run your life by the Spirit, and he ends that section saying the same thing. Run your lives day by day being in tune with the Spirit of God. Friends, I know this is the way it works. We don't even consult the Spirit of God. We don't even have our ear to the pulse of the Spirit of God. Many of us, we just get up and we do our routine. I want to say this, that God wants to interrupt your routine. The Spirit of God might speak to you something that will bless you so greatly in any given day if you would just have an ear to allow Him to order your steps. But we just get up and we go through our things. Some of us are depressed. Some of us are discouraged. Some of us are wondering where the, the miracle is going to come from. And the Spirit of God is waiting for you to order your steps by Him. And you say, no, 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 I got it. And you get up and you do your thing. You see, what was true for Kepha and Yochanan is true for us. They might have been tempted to take it easy after all the success they had just experienced. And not be so zealous in seeking after God. But no, they were zealous in seeking God because they ordered their steps and ran their lives by the Spirit of God. You see, they understood that their old nature does not have in mind the things of God. So in order to keep their spiritual fervor, they were continuing to pursue the Holy the holy One of Israel, blessed be He. They were. Think about it. They saw great things. But where were they found going? They're going up to where? The temple to do what? To pray. To pray with who? The Messianic community, right? Because the Messianic community meant at Shlomo's colonnade where they all would gather as a community of Messianic Jews and they would seek God and pray. That's where he was going. They didn't say, oh, we don't need that anymore. We're, after all, we're the Shaliachim. We're the ones Yeshua loved who he spent three and a half years with. No. They're found pursuing God. Are you pursuing God? Tuesday night was a great night. But we must continue to pursue after God and keep in step with the Ruach, just like Kepha and Yochanan. You need to judge for yourself how you're doing in that area. You see, they were going where they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be at temple for corporate prayer at 3 p.m. That's where they were supposed to be. That's where they were heading. They were heading for corporate prayer. 
Now, the rabbi is not saying it. Don't feel anything, but when's the last time some of you were at a corporate prayer meeting? Here. We have corporate prayer meetings here twice a week. When's the last time you were here? Well, rabbi, you have to understand, it's not convenient for me. It's never convenient. Rabbi, you need to understand, I got a busy schedule. Do you know that the, the first century believers were business people? They had jobs and businesses and things, all things going on. You know what they did? They rearranged their schedule to fit the schedule of God. That's what they did. They were going after God, pursuing God. And the Shaliachim was supposed to be there at 3 o'clock, not by themselves, but with the other believers, and they were heading that way. They were going to be with the Messianic community. So when they encountered the lame man at the beautiful gate, which he was probably there, they probably passed him many times, right? Going in and out of the city with Yeshua. But this time, when they encountered the man at the beautiful gate, they did not have to say, could you imagine? They saw the man. The man's begging for tzedakah. He wants some kesef. He's looking for some money, right, to eat. And they look at him, and they didn't have to say, he needs a miracle. Give me a week. I'm going to pray and fast and come back, and we'll get you then. That's not how the story goes, does it? He says, they looked at them, and immediately, he said, silver and gold we don't have, but what I do possess, right now, currently, I give you. And in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah of Natsui, get up, and he pulls him up to his feet. And the man begins to walk. And he's leaping and jumping and praising God. You see, they had something. They didn't have to get it. They had it because they were running their lives by the Spirit of God. They were filled. They were pursuing heavenly things. We release healing into Natalie's body, right? In Yeshua's name. Right In the name of Yeshua, he does miracles today. But you know what? This is what I found. In general, we don't believe it. We believe he did it. We believe he can do it. But we don't believe he's going to do it. Do you know what I just said is not faith. Faith is now. Faith is that the work is already done. 2,000 years ago, Yeshua said it is finished. Yeshua can't do anything more for us than he's already done. He's purchased healing and redemption, right, and provision, everything already. What we do is we access what's already been done by faith. Putting faith off to the future is not faith. It's the opposite. It's doubt and unbelief. Faith is saying, God, thank you for my healing now. Thank you for it. And isn't it before we get it? See, that's the thing. We're so used to running our lives by our five senses that we have weakened our faith muscle. 
Faith says you have it before you could see it. And when you say that and believe that, it's not too long before you could see it. It happens after. You see, he told the man, I don't have silver and gold, but what I have I'll give you. It didn't happen yet. It didn't happen yet. He grabs him by the hand. It didn't happen yet. It was in his future. But he believed God. Some of us, our faith is really low. No worries, though. If your faith is low, you could build it up. If your faith is low, you could bolster it up. You could put into your faith account the word of God, prayer, the spirit of heaven. Right? You could build your faith up so you could believe again. A lot of us can't believe anymore. We used to be able to believe when we were new believers. We believed God for tremendous things. But now, not so much. Friends, I want to tell you, build up your faith again. How do you do that? You stay in pursuit of God. You see, they were continuing to be on the ready. We need to be ready. Because we never know when we're going to need our miracle. When are you going to need a miracle for your family? Do you want to first start praying and fasting and believing after catastrophe happens? Or do you want to be equipped, ready to stand in faith if something should, God forbid, happen? We want to be ready, correct? Stay in pursuit of God then. You see, the neglect of prayer and corporate prayer weakens us as believers and as a community of faith. It weakens us. So if people are not praying, right, you could rest assured they're not fasting. And I I say this often, but it's just true. We have our loved ones, we have our own loved ones that need a breakthrough from heaven. We can't even fast a meal for them. And these are people we love. Our sons, our daughters, our friends, and we won't even fast a meal for them. Friends, this should not be. We were created, designed. I told my wife, I'm a fasting machine. I am, by the grace of God. Because no one likes to eat more than me. I love to eat. Bagels upstairs afterwards. But by God's grace, when it's time to fast, I can fast. Do I like to fast? My flesh, I hate to fast. My flesh never wants to fast, ever, ever, ever. But I fast a lot. Not because I like to, not because I want to. Because it's a spiritual discipline that helps me stay in pursuit of God. Get breakthroughs. Someone said this, to pass from one level of anointing to another requires a strong set of spiritual exercises which include fasting, prayer, and a thorough study of God's word. That should be a staple for every believer, just like bread, milk, and eggs. Everyone in your house, right? You have bread, milk, and eggs, correct? Everyone has bread, milk, and eggs. Prayer, fasting, and the word of God is the staple for the believer's soul. Prayer, fasting, and the word of God is a staple. Don't tell me you fasted only at Yom Kippur. 
Prayer, fasting, and the word of God should be a staple in our life. Amen? This way, when something happens, you're ready. Something happens with your kids, you're ready. Something happens in your family, you're ready. Someone say, amen, or oh my, or both. One more point. I'm going fast. It's working. The second point is this. In order to release the power of God, you must place a demand on the Spirit. Say that with me. Place a demand on the Spirit. Let me tell you something. I want to tell you what God's not going to do. A lot of us want to see God's power manifest. All you do is stay in your house and pray in your room. God's power is never going to manifest while you do nothing. What? What, he's going to pour out his power, so what? You can stay in your house, watch TV. What, what do you need power for? What do you need power for if you're not going to do anything with it? Right? So you have to place a demand on the spirit of God within you, just like Kepha did. He, he saw the man. The man, was, by the way, wasn't asking for healing. He was asking for money so he could eat. But he saw an opportunity to place a demand on his faith. And he said, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. I'll heal you in the name of Yeshua. And that required, right, a demand on the spirit of God within him. Boom, healed. Some of you still don't believe it. Can I tell you something? Look up here. The outlets right here are full of power. Those outlets are full of power, but the power is not released until there's a demand placed on it, right? There is power in those outlets. Doesn't look like there's power there, does it? Right? Does it look like there's power? As a matter of fact, I could touch you. I don't feel anything. Doesn't feel like there's a thing here. Doesn't feel like there's a single solitary thing in this outlet. Come on, Wayne, help me. Okay, it doesn't feel like there is, but look, I'm going to put a demand on this outlet. I'm going to plug it in if I could do it. Let's see. Look at that. I put a demand on the power, and lo and behold, just got fell out in the spirit. The vacuum. Should have been here for Shavuot. But look, that outlet does nothing until a demand is placed on it. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It's not until it's called upon does the vacuum cleaner come to life and release its power. And then it has power of its own. It's not really its own power, is it? But it it starts to move and do things that it can't do without the power source, just like you and me. And it begins to spin the brush, and the brush begins to collect and suck up the dirt. And it's empowered, not on its own, by the power source. The lame man at the beautiful gate was not looking for healing 
who was looking for money. He didn't have an expectation to be healed. He was lame at birth. Yochanan and Kepha, on the other hand, saw an opportunity. And since they were plugged into the power source, soon as he said, you know what, give me something, looked at him, he grabbed him by the hand and lifted him up. He placed a demand. You notice he didn't just say be healed and walk by. He said, be healed. Be healed, brother. He said, be healed. Now, do you know he's lame? Isn't that a little awkward? He's lame. You know, he's just, he's just limp. But he, he, come here, brother. Be healed. Pulls him up. So that means his legs under him had to become strong and had to come back to life. You ever seen those lame legs? They're like spaghetti. They had to come to life. The power source of God. By the way, huh? two great helpers here. You see, they saw a need and the spirit of God that they were filled with was the power source and they simply connected the man's need to the power source. Just like I just simply connected that vacuum cleaner to the power source. That man's body responded and his feet were made strong and he was jumping and leaping and praising. And like Kepha, we must put a demand on the spirit of God that we are filled with. God is not sending us power if we're not going to do anything with it. If I don't go to vacuum, those, you know where those vacuum cleaners stay? In the, in the business office, absolutely powerless. They sit there all week. Unless I go to take it to vacuum, right? Only then and then alone do they come to life when they're plugged in. They don't come to life in the office. They don't come to life in the back hallway. They don't come to life upstairs in my office unless they're plugged in and doing what they're designed to do, which is vacuum. We are designed to be witnesses and to go into all the world and proclaim the good news. Right? To heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons, and to preach the good news of the Bessarah to the poor. I know, some of you still don't believe it. You don't believe it. Rabbi, that was 2,000 years ago. That's the Bible. It was great for them, but it doesn't happen today. You're wrong. And I'm going to show you a video of it happening right before your eyes. This woman that you're going to see was paralyzed in a wheelchair for 22 years. 22 years paralyzed in a wheelchair. Today, she walks and talks and moves just like me and you. One day in the service that you're going to see, it's three minutes long, she encounters the Spirit of God just like Cave, not as instantaneous, but pretty much, and she today is totally healed. Watch. God is all over this sister right now. She normally has no feelings, but she she can feel our hands on her our hands on her legs. And she's had no feeling in her legs. Can, Pastor, tell them what's happened. The power of God, something is taking place right now. And uh, 
Spirit of God is upon Delia. I'm feeling your hands on my legs. I'm feeling your hands on my legs. No. I could feel sensation before, but I couldn't feel actual feeling. This dear sister has nerve damage. And the Lord is restoring the sensation in her legs. Keep worshiping. Come on. four years ago Right now, you're probably saying, oh, well, they're helping to watch. Is that it? Okay. My, my wife gave the wrong clip. She continues to walk. She walks just like I walk now. Today, she walks just like everyone else. Doesn't need assistance. Doesn't need anything. Totally 100%. That healing that began there continued to get better and better and better and better until she walks just like this. That didn't happen 2,000 years ago. That happened four years ago. When someone placed a demand on their faith. Can I tell you something? This could happen through you. You don't have any less faith than any of those folks there. You have the same faith. But... Our problem is we don't place a demand on our faith. See, we would pass by her and say, God, heal her, and just move on. They chose to place a demand on faith until it happened. That, that woman now goes around. She, was a, she 
was in a, a singing group, and she would go in the wheelchair and sing from the wheelchair. Now she goes just like anyone else with two fresh, brand-new legs. Isn't that something? The power of God, the same power of God that we read about is alive and well today. I really believe this, and I'm going to close. Yeah, believe it, I did it. I'm going to close, but I think really this is your rabbi's heart speaking. I really believe with all my heart that the body of Messiah is at a crossroads. The crossroads are this. We could just come and get a little bit of a religious experience. We already have it scheduled into our routine. We come once or twice a week and we stay for a few hours and we leave and we go back to what we call our real life. Doing all the things we do. Or we could say, God, when I signed up for this, I thought the way it worked was that I gave my life to you. And so I'm going to live my life, my whole life, for you. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, we still have responsibilities. You go to work, you do the things you need to do. But instead of your life being built around all the other things with just a little sprinkle, your life is now built around God. And you do all the other things, but the main center of your life is the kingdom of God. Why would Yeshua say this? The kingdom of God is among you, is in you, if you're not going to steward that kingdom properly. Why would he give it to us? If we're just going to go and the kingdom of God is within us, yet we're going to live the kingdom of the world. Right? Which we all have. I told you that, right? Run your life by the Spirit because we have our old nature also running in us that wants to have its way. And we have the Spirit of God who wants to have His way. We have to decide whether we are going to run our lives by the Spirit of God. And take this serious. What I mean by serious, everything, that miracles are for today. Signs and wonders. God is not any less great today than He was 2,000 years ago or 3,500 years ago. He is the same powerful, miracle-working God. But you know what? Some of us, we have to decide whether we are going to sign on board to a miracle-working God that is alive, that even heathen kings said that he is the living God because they saw his power, or we're going to live our lives in a religious way, void of the power of God. Friends, this is my exhortation to you. I don't want to live my life in an ordinary way just going through the motions of rituals. I enjoy all the Jewish customs and traditions. Awesome. But guess what? That first century Kehillah was Jewish in expression, but they had the power of heaven flowing through every fiber of their being. That's what I want. I want the spirit-filled expression of the Messianic Jewish movement operating in my life. 
and I hope you want it operating in your life. We as a Jewish people were given to be stewards of the Spirit of God. What are we doing with that? What are we doing that with, with that, that great gift that he gave? I encourage you, don't settle for a mediocre ho-hum life of just, you know, squeaking by every week with a ho-hum marriage, with a ho-hum finances and provision, with ho-hum everything. Say, no, God, I know that there is more in the kingdom of God, and I'm going for the more. That's up to you. I encourage you to pursue God. I encourage you to allow and place a demand on the spirit of God within you, but you have to do it. Everyone stand up. It wasn't until Moshe stretched out his hands that that the sea split. We want the sea to be split and to walk through on dry ground. That's not the way it works. We need to place a demand on the spirit of God that you're filled with. Now that we have come through Shavuot, let's begin to exercise our prayers and our faith by placing a demand on the power source, by plugging into God, by staying in pursuit of heaven. Heaven's real. Have you encountered it? That's the key, right? I find this truth always present. In any worship service, you have have people, one standing here, one standing there. One feeling the presence and glory of God. Another person sitting there. What's this about? Do you want to know what the difference is? Right here. One person come to be engaged. The other person came because, well, I'm supposed to come and I'm waiting for something to happen to me. You could wait 25 years for something to happen to you. It's never going to happen. It happens with you, right? It happens with you as you pursue God and you seek his face. And you, a lot of, you know, listen to me. I'm going to close with this. Some of us can't concentrate on God for a minute. But you need to. You need to be able to focus in on the God. Let's take a minute and worship God as a community. Let's do it. Come on. Hallelujah, Lord Yeshua, your King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, Melecham Lachim, Melecham Lachim, Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach, Melecham Lachim. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. O Yeshua, Melecham Lachim, King of Kings. O Yeshua, awesome in power, mighty in battle. Worthy is the Lamb, worthy Sechach Elohim. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Aleluya Aleluya Oh, worthy, 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 worthy Oh, worthy, 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 worthy Oh, worthy, worthy is the Lamb Worthy is the Lamb of God Worthy is the Lamb Worthy is the Lamb Oh, Yeshua Yeshua is King Yeshua hu melech Yeshua hu melech Yeshua 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 Praise the Lord Worship, we enter into worship. Worship doesn't happen to us. We choose to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of your Lords. I'll say this, Yeshua, who Melech, Yeshua is King. And he's worthy of our praise and our adoration. There is no name under heaven by which men can call upon and be saved except the name of Yeshua. If you're in this room and you've not repented of your sins and turned away from your life of wickedness and put your trust in Yeshua to atone for your sins, friend, you're not, you're not connected to the God of Israel. The only way to be connected to the God of Israel is through the Messiah of Israel. That's it. God gave us away. Any curiosity, the longest we were at it without a temple was 70 years. Now we're without a temple for 2,000 years. Is God asleep? No, he's not asleep because he provided the final atonement through Mashiach Yeshua 2,000 years ago. I'm going to close with this. Everyone pray this. If you want to give your heart to Yeshua, today's the day to do it. Friend, you don't know if you have tomorrow. You don't know if he's going to give you another chance. But Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes. You can't even get that power that we talked about if you're not connected through Yeshua. So pray with me. Lord Yeshua, I repent of my sins. Forgive me of my wickedness. Yeshua, I believe that you are the promised Jewish Messiah. And I receive you by faith. And I choose to follow you and live my life for you all the days of my life. Amen. It's only a prayer. But if that prayer is what your heart really wants to do, then something spiritual happens to your life. You become born anew. And so if you pray that and meant it, we want to talk to you. You can come up at the Oneg and, and let me know that you did that. But the bottom line here is, folks, is we need to go after God. 
We need to then place a demand on the great power of heaven that lives within us through the Ruach HaKodesh and do the things that Yeshua commanded us to do. Amen? Stretch forth your hand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Father, bless your people. Lord, with the grace of heaven, with the chesed and rachamim of Shemayim, Lord God, that they would pursue you this week and that they would let their light shine before men. And we ask it, B'Shem Yeshua. Everyone said, Amen. Let's say a bracha over the food. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Hamotzelechemin Haretz Amen. Amen. Blessings. We'll see you upstairs. Stop in for a cup of coffee or a bagel. Bless the Lord.